Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. Welcome to another session of Global Answers. I'm here in the studio today with my friend and fellow minister, Brother Stephen Strew. And we want to go into a subject today that is on the minds and hearts of many, and many are writing books about it and making DVDs about it, and that is the book of Revelation. And it has been a confusing book through the years, no two ways about it, because of all the symbols that are in there that are not fully explained, yet they are shown elsewhere in the Bible if we take the time to search for them, most all of them are there. And so we're going to go into that today because, because God has sent a prophet in this last day, as many of you know, we talk about that often, that therefore we have an insight, we who, who is what God is doing, and that doesn't mean us here in the studio, I mean all around the world, hundreds of thousands of people have caught the concept of fulfilled scripture, which we won't go into that fully, although it'll be mentioned during the program as we touch on those points. But nevertheless, having, God having sent a prophet gives us an insight into these things with that absolute of thus saith the Lord, which the theologian and his studies can't find the mind of God. It, scripture says these things are hidden from the eyes of the wise and prudent. So as we begin to go into this study, we're going to gather pieces, first of all, to show you the actors in this great drama. We won't go in too much to the symbolism, though we will get to those in the next several programs. This does, is not an easy subject to cover, especially when we only have about a half hour to talk to you. It makes it very difficult. When we, I went through the, the book of Revelation with our home church, and in a little bit over an hour each session, it took 30 some odd sessions, so you can see how it could be. And so we're, but we're delighted to have you with us and I hope you'll stay with us as we get this. You might want to grab your Bibles so that you can see that we're not talking out of the wind here. We're actually going by scripture. And so before I go any further here, Brother Stephen, do you want to say anything about the subject we're going today? I just want to reiterate, uh, uh, Brother Lonnie, that uh, the, uh, the, the, the topic is very complex and um, has many layers of, of depth. And I remember doing uh, some Bible studies, some home Bible studies, um, maybe an hour and a half to two hours every week. And the first three chapters of Revelation took two years. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, I'm sure I'm because I'm very long-winded, but it's also because the topic is so rich. And mm -hmm. what we find with Revelation is that it explains the rest of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So things yes. that people didn't understand in in Genesis or in in the life of Moses now becomes clear mm -hmm. when uh, the symbols in Revelation. Are, uh, are highlighted mm -hmm. and what they're referring back to in the rest of the Bible makes the rest of the Bible come alive. Mm, sure does. It sure does. It, uh, it has been, like I said, it's been tied to the last days. Revelations 10, 7 says, During the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he should begin to sound, all the mystery of God should be finished. And we know that we have declared to you that God has sent this seventh angel. Angel merely means messenger. That's all it means. And the seventh messenger has come as a messenger to the Laodicean or seventh church age, which was William Branham. And so he was the seventh messenger, or the last messenger of the last age. So consequently, during the days of that voice, these mysteries were to be involved in, uh, solved out. 
And what I want to emphasize is that therefore when we talk about these things, we're not trying to put down anyone from the past or put down previous studies or the great men in the past that developed tremendous studies out of the book of Revelations, Dr. Larkin and many others. For their age, they did a fantastic job. And so we're not trying to put anyone down, but we're just trying to update in the, in the light of what God has done in, in this generation. And then again, the importance of this study is because we are at the end time and because this is the age of much of the fulfillment of the book of Revelation and so many books are coming out, I'll hit the main point I'm concerned about most and that is they're talking about the multitudes that will be saved among the Gentiles during the Great Tribulation. That is false. They're, the people go into the Tribulation and the, and the Gentiles are fixed in their condition when the resurrection takes place and the bride is raptured, then it's let him that is filthy be filthy still, as the Bible says. So the Gentiles are fixed in their present condition at that time. And those that have already accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, that, that group will not lose anything unless they succumb and take the mark of the beast. But those, the scripture says, all those who have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world would not be deceived by this great uh, religious movement that's, that's forming to take over the earth right now, which will be, which will look like one of the most wonderful things that's ever happened as all the religions come together and seemingly be a unity of religion. And those who are not Christian, of course, they think that religion is the problem around the world because most of the wars are actually religious based. And that part is true. But, but the problem of it is, is this union that's going to take place, and we'll get into that further when we get over, over to Revelation chapter 13. This union that's going to take place is actually an antichrist union which develops into being the mark of the beast. Either be, you belong to this religious system or you, you die. But now prior to that time, prior to that time, before the mark comes into effect that you, that you have to take it or die, before that comes into effect, the bride of Christ, the church, the elect of an age are raptured out and they go before the tribulation. And so now we, we, what we want to linger on today just a little bit is the concept of the two groups within the framework of the church. And those two groups is why many are confused because certain scriptures it looks like the church goes into the tribulation Certain scriptures, it looks like they're raptured before the tribulation. Some, it looks like they're in the tribulation withstanding the mark of the beast. And then others, they don't have to withstand it, but it's because of the two groups within the framework of the church. And those two groups we find, first of all, in a parable, which is in Matthew chapter 25. And Matthew chapter 25 speaks of 10 wise and foolish virgins, five and five. And so the wise and the foolish, and if you read it in Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 1, I think it goes through about verse uh, 11 or 12, that, <clears throat> that the difference between the two, it says one had oil in his vessel and the other one did not. Of course, our vessel is this body that we have. And oil in the Bible always symbolizes Holy Ghost anointing. They always poured the oil on a king, the oil on a priest when he was being initiated in. It represented the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So there is a, there, within the framework of Christianity, 
there are the two groups, both claiming Jesus, both believing in Calvary and the blood of Jesus Christ, and it's effective for both groups. But one group goes on to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the other group does not. It's interesting to note in the parables that the, the group when they realize it's the time for the coming of the Christ, it says that a voice, a shout came forth to tell them, behold, the bridegroom cometh. That when, when that event began to take place, both groups suddenly checked themselves. One found they had the oil and the other says, oh, our lamp has gone out. So they suddenly realized by some revelation, some word that was coming forth, something happening in this age, that they realized they haven't got what they used to have. And of course, this is symbolizing all those, uh, pardon me if I step on some of your toes, but all those uh, Lutherans and Presbyterians and maybe even Catholics and others that are getting into charismatic moves or going to the full gospel businessmen meetings or these kind of things, seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they could say, back when Luther was here, back when Wesley was here, we had dynamism. We had the, that group had the Holy Ghost back then, but that group, had their, uh, their oil has gone out. Their lamp has gone out because the light of the word has moved on and they fail to move with the movement of the word. And when we talk about the voice of the bridegroom, there are so many scriptures that, that tie this subject to the voice because there's a voice of a resurrection. There's so many things in here, and, and Brother Stephen and I were talking about these voices just uh, yesterday when we were thinking about what we wanted to talk to you about. And so I'd like Stephen, if he would, to kind of review. I hope to, I don't catch you too far off guard, uh, off guard, Brother Stephen, but talk about some of these voices. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about the way God works is that He's always consistent in His patterns. Uh, God will do different things at different times. Brother Lonnie was talking about the way He worked in Luther's day and Wesley's day and the way He's working today. Mm -hmm. He can work in different ways, but the beautiful thing is that He usually will follow a pattern that we can see. Now, I say usually because many times there's patterns <coughs> that we don't see. We, we do, we're not, we're not uh, privy to mm -hmm. all of God's uh, thinking. God's ways are not our ways, so we're not always fully aware of those patterns. Sometimes things look like they happen and they're relatively arbitrary. Not so. God has a pattern. Mm -hmm. We're just not aware of that pattern. But in Scripture, we see many patterns where God repeatedly follows the same pattern and it's for a reason. And it's because He wants us to be able to follow the trail uh, so that uh, when we're looking at something today, and we're talking about a, a messenger in this day that uh, God would use to wake up the bride, to wake up the church. And then, of course, when they woke up, as you said in that parable, uh, half of them realized they didn't have what they thought mm -hmm. they had. The other half, when they woke up, they, they were prepared. And so when we look at that, we say, well, there was a shout, a voice that sounded at the time that they were all asleep and it said the bridegroom was coming. Well, we believe we're living in the days of the mm -hmm. coming of the bridegroom, of mm -hmm. the return of the ministry of the Son of Man, mm -hmm. and uh, that Jesus will come and catch His bride away in this day. Mm -hmm. So we believe that shout has already gone out. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a voice crying out to a generation. Mm -hmm. 
And we say, well, has that ever happened in the past? And what can we learn from that pattern? Going back um, in history, right back into the days of uh, the kings, when Elijah was the prophet, um, he um, had uh, won a tremendous victory against uh, the prophets of Baal, and um, there was uh, a, a revival in the land. Uh, but the, uh, the, the queen at that time, his name was Jezebel, was, um, was uh, after Elijah. She, 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 you killed all my prophets, and I'm going to get you. And he took off. And at the end of that uh, period of Elijah's, uh, uh, that stage in Elijah's life, um, it said that there was a big earthquake and, and there was a big wind and there was a... No, and that's the, when he was hiding in the cave. That's when he was hiding in the cave, right, you know, right. and they heard all these things. And he really wanted God to speak with him. But when God spoke to him, he spoke to him in a still, small voice. Mm -hmm. And so at a critical moment in Elijah's life, when there was a real turning point for him, uh, he heard a still, small voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, from that moment on, Elijah had renewed boldness, mm -hmm. and he went down, and, and uh, there was no stopping him after that. Now, the same thing repeated in the life of John the Baptist, who the Bible says was also an Elijah spirit. Mm -hmm. This was Elijah. Jesus said, if you can receive it, this is Elijah that was for to come. Mm -hmm. right. And so John the Baptist was, was prophesied about in Isaiah and uh, in Malachi, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the, 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 the path, make straight the way of the Lord. And so... John the Baptist was a voice mm -hmm. at a critical time in Israel's history, obviously in all of the world history, preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ. That reminds us of today. We also living in the time of the coming of the bridegroom and, mm -hmm. and the return of this ministry of the Son of Man. Mm -hmm. we're, we're hearing a voice again in mm -hmm. this day. Now, if we go through... The uh, parable of the ten virgins would be next, as we're going through the scripture, and there was a shout at midnight, mm -hmm. and again, a voice at a very critical time for the church. Then, of course, in Thessalonians, and I'm sure you'll cover that later, Brother Lonnie, where, where, where there's a voice and a shout and the, and the trump of God, the trump of the archangel. So, well, the trump of God, that's right. And then in Revelation, in chapter, uh, let's see, that would be Revelation chapter 10, in Excuse me, in Revelation chapter 6, that's right, there were four living creatures, four, four um, uh, anointings, the lion, the ox, the man and the eagle, we'll talk about that hopefully at some stage. And in each case it said, I heard the first beast say, come and see, I heard the second say, come and see, I heard the third say, come and see, but when it gets to the fourth, it says, I heard the voice mm -hmm. of the fourth beast say, come and see. And we know that's at the time of the catching way of the mm -hmm. church again. Mm -hmm. And so once again, we see this pattern lining up that when God's going to turn a corner, when there's going to be a critical junction in history, when the bride is going to be getting ready, like it was in Matthew 13 parable, 20, Matthew 25 parable, as well as in um, the life of John the Baptist, that was a coming of the Lord then as well. There was a voice that went out. And here's the key. In Revelation 10 verse 7, it says in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, not the days of the seventh angel, but in the days of his voice, mm -hmm. the mystery of God would be finished. Mm -hmm. Why that emphasis on voice? Well, there's a good reason. We have uh, a messenger sent by God in this day to call out a bride, but he wasn't going to be able to live the, uh, for generations, but his voice was going to be able to mm -hmm. live on for generations. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have those, that voice recorded on, 
are originally very primitive uh, wire recorders all the way through to very advanced tape recordings. And so we have over 1150 messages of William Branham recorded because God told him to put his uh, services onto a recorded medium so that the voice could outlive him, showing how critical that voice was in God's plan. And uh, one thing that's interesting, I believe the first sermons were recorded in about 1947, and that was shortly after the Second World War when the military secret of wire recorders was released to the public. And that's when he started recording sermons and was the first of the, of the well-known ministers of that time to start recording his sermons. After that, of course, many, many, many others did. And that's the problem today is we have so many voices. So yeah, there is a voice, but there's also many voices yeah, to cloud me, that. Let me inject here too. When, when I first came, came to what we call the message, God, God sending a prophet, when, we first, when I first came to that, I, I spoke to many of the people who were in Brother Branham's meetings, which I, I was not. And, and I asked them, did you catch a revelation who he was? Right. And Every one of them that I spoke to said, no, I did not. Said, we were so busy watching for the miracles that, that we really weren't paying that much attention to what he was saying. It was after he passed away and we go back to listen to the voice. That's when the message began to open up to us as to what God was saying all along. And so again, the emphasis was on the voice, not the man, not the ministry, but the voice. Because it was during the days of the voice that the whole thing began to open up. Two friends, we, we went back uh, several of our sessions ago and, and you can uh, write and get it if you want to. And we were showing the vindication of this messenger in the last day. And in the same way that the Apostle Paul had the accompaniment of a pillar of fire, well, let's go back. Moses had the accompaniment of a pillar of fire and he wrote the law. And then Paul came along and he met the pillar of fire as a great light on the road to Damascus. And so he had that accompaniment of a pillar of fire in his ministry, and he wrote most of the New Testament. And then no ministry since that time has had that accompaniment until the ministry of William Branham. And he had that same accompaniment of the pillar of fire being with him because he was going to be here to fulfill Malachi verses 4, 5, and 6 to, to take us back to the word that the Apostle Paul, uh, Apostle Paul brought getting us back past all the tradition that's crept into the Gentile churches and taking us back to an original. So again, those who handle the word in a very specific way were not only voices to their age, like, like the Apostle Paul was a, a light to lighten the Gentiles because he was carrying the message of Christ, who was the original light, but carrying it to the Gentiles. And so each one of these were in their important emphasis in their role in carrying the word, presenting the word, had that accompaniment. And in Brother Branham's ministry, the pictures of the pillar of fire with him were taken many times. There was one very uh, significant one in Houston, Texas, where he's standing in the, in the platform and you see this, uh, it looks like a halo, the old type like you see in the old timey pictures, it looks like a halo up over his head. And uh, some people say, oh, well, it's a f like a fluorescent light in the background. It was not so. It was checked, checked, and rechecked scientifically to prove that it was neither a double exposure nor compound pictures nor anything. It was a supernatural light. And because of this accompaniment, Brother Branham had, as a prophet, had the eyes to see that light when it came in the room, though only occasionally other people saw it, but not regularly.
So when he was preaching, I believe it was in Switzerland, and he was preaching to a group of people there, and they asked, is it possible that you could tell us when the light is coming and where it is and when it's leaving? And they set up a camera and they shot three different pictures and Brother Branham said, he's coming now. And you can see in the picture the, the light coming into the room. And then, then he says, he's here. And he went on and delivered his message and the light stayed right there with him over his head. Uh, while he was delivering his message. And then as he was closing out his message, he said he's leaving now. And they got a picture again of the light departing out of the room. So this is, this is a fantastically vindicated ministry from God. But because it brought so much word that was different than tradition, many couldn't receive it because they want to take it back to traditional teaching and compare it and say, oh, he's a false prophet because he this or he that, rather than recognizing that God was bringing us back to it the way it was taught in the Bible, the way the very early church taught it and the way that the Apostle Paul brought it. So therefore, this ministry is fantastically, tremendously, I don't know how much to emphasize <laughs> it enough, that it is essential for the last time. It was sent for the very reason to prepare a people for this catching away, this rapture that we're talking about. So what we're talking about are the very things that, that the people need to be in this group to be ready for this translation. So it's not just simple theology in, in one sense. It's actually an essential message. So I hope you'll stay with us through this series as we continue to go through them. I have some notes here that I wanted to uh, be sure that I didn't miss anything. While you're looking at those, Brother yeah. Ronnie, the, the concept of it being essential, of mm -hmm. it being critical, yeah. is obvious because God would not have sent a voice in this day if it wasn't essential mm -hmm. for the preparation of a bride. Correct. If the bride could have been prepared by Paul's message alone, or by Luther's message or Wesley's message, uh, then the catching away of the church would have already happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, many people say that uh, there weren't any other prophets after Jesus or after John, or and they may even include Paul in that. But you know, the interesting thing is that uh, there wasn't a catching away, there wasn't a mm -hmm. rapture right. at that time. So something else was necessary for there to be a rapture, for a catching away of the church, and uh, God went to enormous lengths, if you think about it, to get an individual to stand as his mouthpiece in this day. And uh, if that wasn't necessary to make the rapture, well, then uh, it would seem that God was wasting his mm -hmm. time, uh, so to speak. And that's obviously not possible. So it must be a critical mm -hmm. thing for God do, to go to this trouble. Do you remember the name of the series we did where we used the clips of Brother Branham's ministry and we talked about Yes, that, that was uh, called... Uh, forerunner of the second coming of Christ. Forerunner of the second coming. Okay. Yes. And you can order that. If you didn't see that series, then I recommend that you order it and, and watch it because it, it shows the vindication, like he said, all the trouble that God went to to prove I'm with this man and with this voice. Now, coming back to the rapture of the church. Now, we need all this background to get us into the book of Revelation. So the primary, the primary scripture to the catching away is 1 Thessalonians 4.16. It says, now, I want you to notice the wording now. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. We just talked about the voice. And with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them 
in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. So now I want you to notice the Lord himself shall descend. And what we know now is he descends in three steps or stages, a shout, a voice, and a trump. And they each have their purpose and they each are symbolizing something to us. So the Lord himself, now notice this is Christ himself. Now next session we'll go into explaining more about who Christ is, who Jesus is, but we won't go into that right now. I just want you to catch the concept. The Lord himself does all three while descending. First a shout, then a voice, then the trump of God. The shout is the very message that we bring to you. The shout is, is the word of God come from a prophetic voice going around the world to gather a people back into the pure word. So that's the shout. It's going on right now. So friends, catch the concept of that. The rapture cycle has already started. It is not future. It has already started. And then the voice of the archangel, that's what brings on the resurrection. And in our next session, we'll take you to Matthew chapter 27 and show you how, how the scene was set there and we'll pick it up again in this. So, so now the voice of the archangel brings on the resurrection and the dead in Christ through the ages, the dead in Christ will rise and as it is in Matthew 27, will be, will be with us for a period of time and then they with us will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And the catching away is the simplicity of Corinthians 15 where it says, at the last trump, we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That, friends, is the rapture. The change merely throws you into contact with the dimension that's already here. The angels are here. The other dimension is here, but we're not wired to see it. So stay with us for next time, friends. We want to take you more into this dimension and we'll pick up on this resurrection and this rapture and show you that the pattern has already been set in Scripture as we go into chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 27. Stay with us, friends. We've got a lot in store for you. The Great Tribulation. What we want to show you in these programs is who does and who does not go into it. Part of the church escapes this darkest time that, the that has ever come upon the earth. Part of it does not. This ministry that has been promised by God in Malachi 4 was to come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. The purpose of this program is to inform you what has been said by this Malachi 4 ministry. Today's program, The Tribulation, Who Goes Into It and Who Does Not, as well as a sermon by Brother Lonnie Jenkins entitled, Before the Great and Dreadful Day of the Lord, are both available on DVD. To order them, visit us on the web at globalanswers.us or write to Global Answers, 1695 Stewart Road, Lima, Ohio. Our zip code in the USA is 45801. Once again, we invite you to write us with any comments or questions about our program. Your feedback is very important to us, and we really look forward to hearing from you. Our email address is info at globalanswers.us. Thanks again for joining us, and may our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.